Hello and welcome to the Indiana Energy Crossroads podcast. I'm Tim Phelps, president of the Indiana Conservative Alliance for Energy. And I'm Jonathan Kopp, the field operations director of the Indiana Land and Liberty Coalition. In each episode, we talk to local, state, and national leaders in the conservative movement for clean, cheap, and consumer-friendly focused energy. And to give our listeners the latest in the Indiana energy landscape. Today, we want to thank you for tuning in because we are celebrating a milestone at the Indiana Energy Crossroads podcast. This is our 20th episode, and in honor of that, we are excited to be hosting our first ever return guest. You know, as conservatives working in support of clean and renewable energy policies, one of the things we find ourselves talking about the most is choice. That is, we think that if homeowners or business owners want to make investments in their own energy production, then they ought to be able to make the choice to do so. After all, they're doing it for a good reason. It can save them money. But in many states, it's not that simple. Many states are in regulatory environments that grant a virtual monopoly on energy production and distribution to very powerful and politically connected utility companies. Unsurprisingly, Many of these companies will stop at nothing to maintain this power, even if it means going just a bit over the line. We've seen this in other states, for instance, right next door in Ohio or in Illinois. It seems like people are starting to notice. Our friends at the Conservative Energy Network have launched a new initiative aimed at shining a light at some of these utility tactics, and it's called the Utility Playbook. Here to talk about it is Landon Stevens, Director of Policy and Advocacy for the Conservative Energy Network. Landon is no stranger to this podcast and just happens to be our first ever returning guest. You may remember him from our discussion on securitization earlier this spring. Prior to joining CEN, Landon has held numerous positions within the energy space, including serving as policy advisor for two commissioners with the Arizona Corporation Commissioner and as a policy director for Strata, and at the Institute for Energy Research. Landon, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. It's good to be back again. Well, we're excited to talk about this new initiative that the Conservative Energy Network is starting up. So can you please tell us about the new Utility Playbook project? How did this come about? Yeah. Yeah, so Utility Playbook, um, it's a website, utilityplaybook.com, that anyone can go and visit. And And really, like you said, the goal there is to highlight some of these utility tactics to kind of maintain their control and their power over a regulated system. But specifically, the utility playbook idea came about after uh, we saw corruption in both Illinois and Ohio last year. And just to give a little context, in Ohio, for instance, the major utility there, First Energy, is accused of paying a state representative $60 million uh, to support a $1.3 billion bailout of the company in the nuclear industry. And that $60 million was used specifically to fund 21 House of Representatives candidates in the 2018 election, who then got elected and turned around and chose the representative who took the bribes to be the Speaker of the House and help get that bailout bill passed. The Attorney General there uh, said it was, quote, likely the largest bribery and money laundering <laughs> scheme ever perpetrated against the people of the state of Ohio. So so what you're saying is this scheme didn't work? 
Well, it did uh, in the sense that the, the bill got passed, but eventually they got caught. And so they're in the process now of going back and, and looking at some of those things to see how we should uh, reform this process moving forward and, and add in some protections for customers. So uh, we're talking about re- reform, but we're like people went to jail for this right next door or they, or they, they might go to jail for this. Like what's, what's yeah. the, what's, what happens next in Ohio? Uh-huh. Cause I remember seeing speaker householder got arrested, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, is, is he still in the house right now? Um, I'm not sure if he has officially stepped down. He was um, being very defensive and he, he refused to step down despite a kind of a, a huge set of evidence against him. Um, but yes, th- this will go. Um, this will go to court, and we'll we'll probably go to trial. And and you know we're still waiting to see what the extent of the fallout is. Um, but it's just one example of of kind of the lengths you said they they would go to Tim to to impact uh, regulators around them. And then the same thing was seen uh, also in Illinois on the other side of the art- uh, on the other side of the aisle. Um, the utility there, ComEd, they admitted to hiring political allies and friends of that state's uh, Speaker of the House to do, in their words, little or no work, simply to please the Speaker so he would support electric rate hikes to line the pockets of utility shareholders. Now, hang on now, because this this is the Indiana Energy Crossroads podcast, and I would be remiss if I did not take a shot at the state of Illinois, Okay. <laughs> Now, now you're telling me that there was corruption inside the Illinois state government. I can hear Rob Lagoya. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's relatively shocking. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure because that, that seems unbelievable to me. Yeah. No, I, I could hear yeah. Rob Lagoyevich gasping from prison as he said that. <laughs> uh, exactly. Sorry. So, so what, what happened in Illinois? Well, so ComEd admitted to uh, a long running scheme that was quote, and this is in their words, an effort to influence and reward the legislators' efforts as Speaker of the Illinois House of Representatives to assist ComEd with respect to legislation concerning ComEd and its business, end quote. So um, the feds say that this bribery scheme ran for over eight years, and now based on some of the outcomes from different votes and packages that were passed by these legislators, uh, you know, Illinois families and businesses are going to be um, charged over two hundred million dollars extra per year on on uh, on some of these things. So, you know, these are just the most current, uh, most recent, and egregious examples of utilities manipulating the system. But we know that this happens all across the country, uh, all the time, in smaller ways, probably you know more legal ways. And the utility playbook is a way for our organization to help individuals understand the way that utilities are regulated and to be educated and watch for ways that they might be getting uh, cheated or or misled in some of these cases. Yeah, I, I think this is a great topic too for us because Indiana, it appears, is surrounded in scandal on both east and west side. Uh, but uh, what are some of these tactics uh, that the utilities are using to maintain these monopolies? I know it seems the only bipartisan bipartisan thing left in America is bribery right now. But what other uh, means are these utilities using to maintain control, and what does this mean for consumers in those states? Well, I mean, when, when you're a when you're a monopoly, essentially these utilities are given an area, a territory, and no no competition is allowed, and and these utilities are 
you know, building the power plants to generate the power. They're building and managing the power lines to move the power. They're delivering it to your home or your business, and then they're billing you directly. Um, you know, the incentive is there to control the regulators or the lawmakers who set the rules and who set the rates. And so obviously this happens through political donations uh, and it's across across the aisle, across the spectrum. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what party you're from, these utilities will support everybody to, to get favorable outcomes on their cases. But you know, in in some other ways, there's a there's a great example again going back to Ohio. Not to harp on Ohio, but because this happens everywhere. No, but, please. <laughs> but the Cleveland Browns football team, right? They they sold the naming rights of their stadium to First Energy, the same company I talked about in the bribery scandal, for six million dollars per year, and customers pay for that. Well, why does a utility want to spend money naming the stadium? And one local paper there said, quote, it doesn't make much sense for any public utility to spend large sums of money on sponsorships, considering how little, if any, competition exists in these industries. The first energy deal with the Browns is especially troublesome, considering the electric company does not even service the stadium. That's done by Cleveland Power. (laughs) The taxpayers already paid for the stadium and the naming fee goes to the team's owner even though he doesn't own the stadium <laughs> so you know it's just a, a system of perverse incentives all around and the same thing happens and it's not just with stadiums you know it, utilities want to be seen as good community partners and i'll give them the benefit of the doubt in many ways they want to be good corporate citizens but there's it's hard to overlook the fact that there's an added benefit there. When you're going back every three years to ask for a 20% rate hike, maybe the customers that are stuck footing the bill will be a little less angry about it if they remember you also sponsored their kids, you know, little league baseball team, or you were giving out STEM scholarships to the local high school or, or something along those lines. So the whole system, the way that it's set up, instead of spending good money to compete and to become more efficient, it's just finding ways to capture regulators and manipulate the customers. Well, and I think that that's an interesting segue, Landon, because we've talked a lot about some pretty um, egregious and alleged activities uh, for some <laughs> utilities in our neighboring states. Um, certainly, there are people who are doing things, it maybe looks illegal, but in many states, what they're doing is completely legal um, in that, yep. you know, working with legislators, which, you know, they can do everybody. We work with legislators um, and working with regulators um, in, in sort of making and writing laws and writing policy that that perpetuates this system. And so how can we look as conservatives? I mean, what should we look out for? Like how, what should, what are some of the things that we should look for and maybe what can we do about it? Yeah. Well, you know, at at CEN, we really push and we support kind of the power of free markets. And so what we see is a lot of times when we're working with utilities that are working with legislators, they're looking to, to keep people out 
you know, it, not just enhance their position, but also to stop competition before it starts. And so, you know, in Indiana and across the Midwest, we have many developers of wind projects, solar projects, uh, battery storage, um, all different types of new and emerging technologies that would love to come online and would love to compete with the big guys, um, but they just don't have any access to those markets yet. And utilities want to keep it that way. So I think if we look for bills that um, are designed to entrench the monopoly system at the expense of competition and point those out, um, you know, that's what we, we really try to do uh, in the states where we work. But for the average consumer, you know, I think around the country, a lot of people are waking up to what this kind of antiquated utility system means for them and their family's bottom lines. They see that there are options out there now, that we have some of these other projects that would love to come in, that there's new technologies like energy efficiency, battery storage, um, integrating electric vehicles onto the system or rooftops solar. You know, these are all designed to give customers more choice and I think that in the areas where customers are restricted to just a single company to provide their power, they're starting to call on, to call for some of these changes. So, so what what if you live in one of these uh, utility monopoly states, and uh, you have a story you want to share, or you just want to get involved and learn more about uh, the utility playbook and how these utilities across the country are basically establishing monopolies? Yeah, well, I. You know, that's exactly why we designed the website, utilityplaybook.com. Um, there's a section on there where we want to hear from, from local customers and businesses, because we know that this happens across the country. And we highlight, you know, many other examples on the website um, from, from all across the US. But, you know, there are still many who really haven't even thought about the way that their utility works because it's just always the way it's been. You you have one utility provider, you pay whatever rate they tell you because it's your only choice. And so we're really trying to use resources like the utility playbook and our action at state capitals to highlight why free markets, customer choice, personal property rights, those are going to be better in the long run. But more than just education, uh, it would really help the process if local uh, individuals and businesses reach out and start getting involved. And it's really hard because these rate cases are long, complex, drawn out legal proceedings. Like I get that. Um, and it's hard for the average person to, to stay up to date and be engaged and take the time to participate. But I can tell you as a former regulator in Arizona myself, informed and impassioned citizens who show up and testify at these hearings and they demand accountability from regulators and utilities, they're heard and they make a huge difference. And so we want to encourage that kind of participation from people all across the country and give them the resources to, to start getting involved. Well, great. Well, thank you, Landon. Uh, again, that's uh, www.utilityplaybook.com. Is that right? Yep, that's it. Great. Well, uh, thank you, Landon, for being our first ever return guest for the Indiana Energy Crossroads podcast. That'll be it for us today. 
Please make sure to tune in. In each episode, we'll talk to local, state, and national leaders in the conservative movement for clean, cheap, and consumer-focused energy and give our listeners the latest on the Indiana energy landscape. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.